Mental health is one of the greatest challenges facing returning soldiers, but a deadly combination of indifference, stigma, red tape, and government dysfunction are to blame for the sobering numbers. Amid the echoes of battle and the invisible wounds of war, a glimmer of hope emerges. Tatsaw Incorporated is a compassionate force dedicated to supporting wounded veteran service members. Marching forward with unwavering determination, they bring forth a transformative solution for those grappling with military-induced anxiety depression syndrome, post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, and in the chaos of these conditions, a beacon of solace shines brightly in the form of a medical alert service dog, a loyal and intuitive companion poised to restore and elevate the lives of these brave veterans. Hi, I'm Paige, bringing you stories of inspiration and hope. With a global audience and altruistic conversations with phenomenal leaders, Chizuba Talks is at the forefront of nonprofit interactions. Today's change maker is Bart Sherwood, the founder and CWO. What a CWO, Chief Whatever Officer, is Bart. Welcome to the podcast, Bart. Thank you, and uh, thank you for having me and uh, and calling and uh, doing this interview. Uh, I, I will make one one note though. When you said Tatsall Incorporated, the actual abbreviation uh-huh. for Incorporated is capital I, small n, small c. Uh-huh. In Tadsall's case, it's a capital I, capital N, capital C, which mm-hmm. is an acronym for a Latin phrase, which is illegitimi non carbundum. And anybody <laughs> who looks up the Latin phrase will understand why I chose Inc. because of the fact it goes, we are a nonprofit organization, so yes, we are an incorporated, but the IN thing really is for illegitimi non carbundum, which basically just put straightforward says, don't let the person get you down, no matter who it is. Uh, they may try to get you down because of your medical condition, but you stand strong because you're not going to take it from them. So that's that's what that INC stands for, and it's one of Tatsaw's little hiddle, hidden, you know, words that are found there. But that thank you very beautiful. much uh, for the introduction, <laughs> and uh, you know, and and we'll get to PTSD. Uh, matter of fact, I believe it's. The twenty the thirtieth of June is uh, PTSD Awareness Month, oh, and okay. I thanked everybody and on our website and our Facebook about you know mm-hmm. having Tatsall's work finally being appreciated by having an awareness day for it because to us PTSD stands for Participant Trained Service Dog, okay. and it's a whole new look at things because of the fact uh, you just don't look at it like that. And like I say, when you're trying to destigmatize a lot of a lot of the conditions, a lot of the feelings of the conditions that are going on with people, if you can start destigmatizing it, more people will come out of the woodwork to get assistance because it's no longer it looks down on them. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, I had a dream. Uh, standing in an airport, somebody was talking to me, and they want to know why is Tatsaw so prevalent? Why is it so you know looked on as a as a great organization or a program? And, uh, you know, what's what's so different about it? And I said, well, it's easy. It's a participant trained service dog program. 
And I just jumped up out of bed at three o'clock in the morning, went to my computer, wrote it down, participant trained service dog, and, uh, you know, send it off to the people who do my whiteboard videos about, I've got a new meaning for it, you know, and, and it just made so much sense to do that. And I had a friend that wrote a book called PTS Dog. And I said, I said, uh, Joaquin, I said, what does PTSD stand for? Hmm. You know, we've been doing this since 2010. It's been a, you know, a, a phrase that's been around. He says, oh, Bart, come on, you know. I said, no, seriously, what does it stand for? Hmm. He said, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Are you said, are you sure? You know, your book is PTS Dog, you know? So you wrote the book. Is that what you think it is? You know, post-traumatic stress disorder or post-traumatic dog? He said, well, yeah. I said, have you ever thought of it as being participant-trained service dog? And you could hear his head being slapped like, oh, my God, I never thought of it. <laughs> Here we are, you know, it was in 2021, 11 years into a program, and you finally start finding out the pieces are and now you can start changing. Now maybe we can start changing the culture a little bit. Changing the words because that way people who are in the military, they're gonna they don't have to talk about post-traumatic stress disorder. They can seek help by saying it's military induced. Uh mm -hmm. children that are victims of racism, women from domestic violence or men of domestic violence or, or sexual abuse, no longer do they have to look at it as a post-traumatic stress disorder. They can look at it as it's an environmental, climate-induced, environmental-induced, behavior-induced anxiety, depression. And so by doing it that way, you start bringing people that I'm still the same person I am, but nobody's going to look at me that, oh, that's that person and they're mentally ill. You know, there yeah, are definitely no a lot of people touched. that have mental health, mental illness issues, and they mm -hmm. are going to be helped with the drugs. And the drugs are just not going to work for a lot of behavior-induced, climate-induced uh, However you want to say induced anxiety, depression exists. And so by changing the, changing the feel a little bit, you start getting better results from your, from the patients, the clients that are out there. And so, you know, we feel that this program, I mean, it's, it's worldwide. It's, it should be, I mean, it shouldn't be something that's hidden away and, you know, taking advantage and say, wow, I, I can make a lot of money. I'm a nonprofit or just, you know, it's going to be this. And, and sometimes you just kind of do things that's right for mankind. Uh, we're so bad about not treating each other well that we start forgetting. And, you know, it all becomes based on how much money is involved. And, so, you know, nonprofits should be involved in making a difference, not a profit. Uh, so true. I feel like, you know, this when, when, when I got your email, it's like, yes, because there are people in Turkey. There are people in India where there are earthquake regions, and these people, when they know the weather or there's, there's a problem coming, they're anxious. You know, there's survivors of mm -hmm. earthquakes, the first responders to go and yes. and toil through the through the rubble, trying to find lots, trying to rescue people, and not just you know bring them up and for burial. You know, I mean, these are people that are involved in in life conditions that they have true problems and memories of of the hor horrificness of death and if a dog can alert them when they start getting a memory and bring them back from the from the memory so they can handle it it makes that first responder that much better you know i mean they use dogs to seek out you know so these dogs that seek you know survivors in rubbles they're also there that they bring that 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 worker back to focus yes we're here now so you don't have to think about that because these when they're when they're going to the to the rubble is when all the memories come up. How how much death, death destruction am I going to see? Once they're there working, 
their adrenaline mm-hmm. kicks into it's a job. We're going to do it. I'm not going to have a memory of it. That's all. Everything is wiped out from the mm-hmm. past. I'm here in the present now because I have to take care of when they leave that accident scene, the rubbles, that's when they start having their memories. So if they right. can learn that, yes, having that dog there to alert them, you know, that, hey, you're starting to go back, come back, they can start handling these memories. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's about anybody who has need of it, whether it's in Turkey, whether it's in Russia, whether it's in China, whether it's wherever, South America, mm-hmm. Africa, you know, it's just the fact that it's a it's something that is easily done, that's repeatable, and it's just opening it up to the world. And like I said, this was a chance to go ahead and get on a forum and, uh, you know, and say something to about start it. This, yeah. Wonderful. That's such a beautiful thought. When you say uh, people not get into uh, that stigma of PTSD, and PTSD is, uh, what, say that again, a trained service dog. Post-traumatic stress. Well, Post- participant trained service dog participant is what we call it. <laughs> that, that is so beautiful. Let's take a break to understand what Jazuba is. Everyone at some point ponders on how this beautiful life can be made more meaningful. Maybe you're a leader trying to enhance your employees' experience at your organization. Or you already work for the community and seek volunteers with state-of-the-art skills to strengthen your nonprofit. Whatever your situation, know that you can make a difference. Chizuba began with this very vision. A vision to facilitate every skill and every passion in the world in meeting a social need. Corporate volunteering has several benefits for both businesses and organizations. In parallel, Experienced and enthusiastic volunteers join NGO workers, enabling them to serve the community more effectively. Jazuba offers everyone looking to add purpose and meaning to their lives a chance to connect or volunteer virtually with non-profit organizations from over 100 countries around the world. Visit www.chizuba.net and explore opportunities to find meaning. Chizuba your platform to do good. And now, back with our guest. Uh, now let's talk about the dogs. Where do you get the dogs from? Are these rescue dogs or uh, these are, you know... We, uh, use, we use a lot of shelter, shelter dogs, rescue shelter dogs. dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, they're looking for a job to do. And uh, you just Aren't have to evaluate them... them correctly for their temperament and personality. Not every dog is going to make a service dog. Exactly. Uh, yes. And it doesn't matter whether they're a purebred dog coming out of a purebred uh, litter. Uh, it doesn't make a difference. Each individual dog has their own affinity for that human canine gene. And when you have that dog that has that high affinity for the human canine gene, they're meant to be a service dog. Yes, you can train dogs to sit down, stay, leave it, a lot of obedience things. You can teach a dog to do a lot of tasks. Teaching a dog to bond to that human and be part of them and alert them, that's the tough part. Not every dog wants it. A lot of dogs will start to bond. And whether they're rescue or purebreds or, you know, most of the rescues, purebreds end up in a rescue anyway, and you know, because nobody mm-hmm. took the time to work with them. But, you know, it's a service dog is born. You can train them for the obedience levels. You can train them for tasks, but for that ability to really seek that human quality, that human smell out, 
that's the dog that really makes surf so and everything else just goes very easy uh and we use positive reinforcement we don't use any type of uh balance type training using a mechanical or you know uh negative type training techniques because this dog has to have what i call willful disobedience you know he right. has the dog has to be able to nudge you with their nose if they smell that you have adrenaline or cortisol or your neurotransmitter mm -hmm. your blood sugars are changing or you you're being uh uh triggered for a seizure they have mm -hmm. to be able to have that willful disobedience that goes ahead and puts their foot or paw or nudge you with their nose or look mm -hmm. at you and bark to get your attention by teaching the person to be proactively responsive to that dog's body language then you're going to go ahead and start saying, okay, he's learning me. Is it, is it my blood sugar or is it my seizure or whatever is happening? Let me go ahead and just checklist it off. If it, you have diabetes, then you check your blood sugar. It's just going to give you a level where you're at right then and there. And then you go back and check it in five or 10 minutes and you see that you're starting to drop. And it's like, okay, well, let me get a glass of orange juice now and I'll take care of it. Whereas if you didn't use a dog and you know, you were waiting, you'd get that pang of, of, of stabbing hunger in your stomach because you need something that's your low blood sugar uh you know and so it, it can it can actually alert you a lot sooner than you know your your own body system reacting even with the continuous glucose monitors and the you know the insulin pumps they have the dog is able to pick up you know several points sooner than than the machinery does so, you know, when the dog can alert you and you can use everything a little bit better and faster, then you're going to be in better control of your medical condition. It's yes. not to replace a doctor. It's not to replace drugs. It's to make no. better use, to be more to efficient. Yes. And, and I think that's, that's the fear of humans is that the dog is going to replace me. And it's like, mm, not really, not but he's going to make you. He's going to make your job a lot better because your patient is being better taken care of. Yes. So, you know, that's the way you have to look at it. But the dog picks up on the smell. We train. There's two methodologies of training of service dogs. One is the seeing eye dog method in which you mm -hmm. take away all the dog's special abilities uh, to just be able to focus on uh, going from point A to point B by smelling. So a dog who walks past, who can't walk past the trash can without putting his nose in it drops out of a seeing eye program. Mm -hmm. And I would say 99% of the service dog organizations utilize that methodology of having a perfectly trained dog to do things. You know, once the patient is matched with the dog and the patient has is in the middle of his medical condition, he alerts the, the, the he calls the dog to go ahead and be interactive with him. The unfortunate part is then you're at the fight or flight, the situation of, at the threshold of being in the middle of your panic attack and you're teaching your dog to alert you there mm -hmm. which is nice but that means every time you're triggered you're going to spend five to ten twelve minutes getting to the middle of the panic attack before you use your dog the other way of doing it is and i look at it as a therapy dog model is therapy dogs go and visit people in hospitals and clinics and they have a handler okay and the handler is trained to read the dog's body language so they can inter interact and interpret the interaction they're going to have with the mm -hmm. person in the hospital, the client. And by teaching, and so the handler has to understand what the dog's body language is. By using, teaching the veteran or client to be the dog handler of the therapy dog team, when they are triggered for their own medical condition, the dog's going to interact with them right then and there, one to three minutes. 
and by teaching them to be proactively responsive to the dog, now they are the client that the dog is interacting with, but it's their service dog because they're the patient. So you're talking about teaching them a whole new way of learning how to read their dog's body language. Mm -hmm. And so this way, when they are triggered, the dog's alerting them within one to three minutes. They're proactively responsive three to five minutes in releasing oxytocin. And so the, the wait from the five to 12 minutes for that threshold to be reached for, before they get to the middle of that panic, their, their medical condition is basically shortened. And now you're in charge of those demons. You're in charge of that medical condition and you're not being held hostage anymore. So a person who has epilepsy seizures, if they're driving and their dog interacts with them, you know, they can pull over to the side of the road because now they're being alerted. They can go ahead and turn the vehicle off, put it in park, turn the vehicle off, call, call whoever they need to call and say, hey, buddy just told me, alerted me that I may be having a seizure. It may be a seizure. It may be a panic attack. You don't know, but you know that something is wrong. And you sit there for five to 10 minutes focusing on the dog. And after about 12 minutes, you have a shaking feel like a little shudder in your body, which probably was a seizure that didn't happen. But then again, you didn't have a car wreck. You didn't get killed or kill somebody. Exactly. If it yes. wasn't that and it was just a memory, you're going to have, oh, well, it made me think of that. You, you go ahead and get on the phone and say, hey, I got through it. It was just an anxiety attack, mm -hmm. but I'm safe. I'm getting ready to drive now and go on because now you've, you, you, you basically eliminated or minimized your medical condition down to something that you can handle. Absolutely. And if it was a seizure, you're calling and say, Hey, I'm fine now. I feel good. I, you know, it was a, it was a shudder. So I'm sure it's my seizure, uh, but I'm safe now. And, you know, and because you don't have to wait that 45 minutes to four to five hours to get mm -hmm. out of that medical condition. Okay. So, you how, know, how, if the dog gives you the bill, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I ramble. <laughs> so how long does this training take? Uh, is it uh, four weeks, you know, 16 weeks? How much? It's how as much long as it, it takes. Take? We say usually 20 to 25 weeks. It just depends on the person okay. and they're working with their dog daily, several times a day. It's, it's okay. up to them. We, we feel that when they're ready to graduate and they can go out and take care of the dog and refocus the dog through what we call a public access temperament test, then they're ready. Uh, do you also you know, have but it's making sure that do you also have follow-up or support services after uh, the dog is placed with the veteran well no 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 there is no follow-up because don't. the dog's not placed with the veteran the dog is trained with the veteran so it's not that we're Correct. training the dog yeah. and giving it to somebody and then they have to mm -hmm. learn how to read the dog they go through from day one with the dog this way they're training the mm -hmm. dog 24 hours a day seven days a week because when they have a nightmare, okay, the dog wakes them up, brings them out mm -hmm. of the nightmare to their reality that they're in their bed. Well, that's a training session. Mm -hmm. And so you're really working 24-7 with the dog. So, uh, you know, you go over the obedience on a daily basis. When you take your dog for a walk, you're, you're you know, making sure he's following the, you know, the, the obedience lessons. You're taking him out uh, into other areas, socialization. So he's appropriately behaved that in public, uh, you know, and it's the two of you are becoming a team. So it could take 20 weeks, 25 weeks, could take 40 weeks. It just depends what kind of task the person wants. And if if somebody has limited abilities, let's say like a person with a patient with cerebral palsy, you know, the third person that has cerebral palsy, there's nothing wrong except that he has bad neuromuscular 
tendencies. You know, there's something that's missing. So, but it also gives them a chance to go ahead and be productive and do something. And if they need help with a family member going through the training, well, that's fine. Then the dog is there to be their service dog to get stuff if they drop it, to alert them when they're having a, you know, a, a, a you know, a condition, an anxiety attack or whatever. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's about teaching the team, the dog, the patient, and the family member who's going to be there that has to take care of him. Uh, autism, a child who's severely autistic. He doesn't have to get in the middle of an autistic episode before somebody's able to help him. If the dog picks up on it, they can go ahead and teach the child, okay, your dog's pushing on you. Go ahead and play with Buddy. Put your arms around him. When he does it, just don't push him away that nothing's wrong. Because when the dog's alerting you, you don't think something's wrong. You have no idea that you were triggered. That doesn't happen right. for five to 12 minutes. But if you can go ahead and be alerted to go ahead and start minimizing that episode, then you're in control of the situation. That helps the parent so the child's not going on the floor and banging his head against the floor and hurting himself. Right. You know, and no, so you're able part... to have that extra. Go ahead. Sorry. So this is the part where uh, the dog is taking care of the patient. Uh, I'm sure the patients are also taking care of the dogs. But do you have situations mm -hmm. where, you know, a follow up uh, for the health of the dog? Because the dog also requires uh, maintenance or it requires health and well-being, uh, you know, in terms of. Well, that's all that, you know, that's during the training to learn how to take care of their dog. Right. Okay. okay. You know, so, so they, if there is a problem, they'll contact the trainer or they'll contact me to go and get back with the trainer. If the dog's having, if, if the dog's having a situation that was not encountered mm -hmm. when they were going through the training, uh -huh. it's not that the dog's not well trained. It may be, let's retrain the person a little bit to understand what's going on. Okay. You know, he may have missed something and now it's just go ahead and, and because the dog is, Working with a person 20, this is where I say it's very few in the, of these dogs, you know, there's mm -hmm. only certain dogs that make service dogs, uh, yes. is that that's a lot of stress on a dog to that's have to take care is. of a person, take care of everything around them in their comfort zone, and then they have to be a dog. And so, mm -hmm. you know, uh, some of them may last two, three, four years, some of them may last 10 years, uh, but it's it's the fact that that's all the dog could last. But if you teach the person to train the dog or the family member to help train the dog, then when that time comes, you're able to train your next dog and you don't have to come back to class because you've already been involved in training the dog. And mm -hmm. if you need more help, well, yes, come back and we're going to help you. We're not going to, it's, we're not trying to get out of doing the job. We just want the person to feel that now you're in charge. You're you tell me care. what you need. Mm -hmm. And I do have some veterans that have gone on to, with their second dog. And they've done a great job. And I've got some veterans. It's like, well, didn't you learn anything about how to train the dog? Well, yeah, but I kind of forgot. It's like, okay, well, let's go ahead and get, let's see where you're at. You know, but you have to come in, you know, having worked your dog, just don't say, well, I'll just wait for somebody else to do it because that's not the way you move forward in life. So, you know, it's, it's about giving that person, giving back them their, their self-confidence, their self-trust, their self-esteem. And really that's, that's part of human nature, no matter what you're, you know, no matter where you're from, you know, part of the world, that's all human nature. That's self-confidence, self-esteem, self-trust. And that's what gets lost or broken along the way. Absolutely. So, Bart, tell us, uh, how can somebody who wants to support Tatsaw uh, help out? What are the opportunities or ways to contribute to your organization? Usually, you know, 
because we don't have a facility, you know, this is this is the facility. This is this is the place. But you know, most of my trainers don't have a, a building. They they you know they train out of their house. They meet the pay the the, the clients in a dog park or a secluded area. Or, you know, they go to some you know work uh, some of the uh, dog friendly businesses. Uh, so really, we don't have needs for capital campaigns. Uh, you know, most of it is you know we we buy the, the vest and give them to the patients, the clients. Uh, the reason I call them patients is I'm I'm a pharmacist, so all of my <laughs> all of my customers, retail customers, were patients. So I still go back to the pharmacy part of it, calling them patients. But you know the client, you know, so uh, you know being able to to support it, you know, is really the monetary, you know, donation is really the most important to us because that gives us the ability to uh, whether it's buying vests or you know trying to put something together. I, I work with several uh, other nonprofits that uh, help pay for major veterinary insurance, you know, veterinary bills, things like this, mm-hmm. you know, in case mm-hmm. the patient can't afford it, you know, as far as the upkeep of the dog, we expect that to be, you know, the same as if it was your personal dog. Uh, you know, I would love to get, you know, the ability, I, I was working with an organization looking at an insurance policy that could cover everybody just, Everybody would pay the same deductible, just having a fund in there, you know, that could afford the insurance, you know, whether it was a, a, a York, Yorkie Terrier or a Great Dane, they paid the same amount of money for insurance, you oh, know, so it was one price and then they all paid the same deductible, you know, because uh, a lot of people can't afford that insurance. So we were trying to put together a program that would be funded, you know, for somebody who said, okay, yeah, I'd like to put you know, this amount of money and this is how many people will cost and this is what it will be a yearly deal. And, you know, if you start off with enough seed money, you can go ahead and just have the interest start paying off, you know, and, and adding back. So, you know, that would be a long-term thing is to be able to have a global health thing for, for anybody who had a right. service dog through our program. Uh, right. You know, and then, like well, I said, it's, uh... it's just trying to, you know, but monetary is just getting on the website and making a donation. Uh, things yes. like that, and yes. you know, you, uh, you do have a good website. And there's enough I, dogs uh, running around; people don't have to donate to dogs they don't want anymore. <laughs> so yes, your website is pretty comprehensive. I love the visualization, the whiteboard uh, visualizations that you have, uh, self-explanatory uh, about the work that you are doing. But uh, in case you need any help, uh, you have Chazuba to ask. You just have to post your requirement there, and you can get virtual help. For whatever you require. Well, uh, Bart, you are doing extraordinary work. Uh, you are helping veterans in their boundless canine companionship, and uh, you are on this profound mission of healing and forging a path towards renewed purpose and joy. Thank you very much for sharing your story. Okay. And if you, well, you care to share your social handles here, what would you like to share your social handles here your you mean? Uh, facebook linkedin instagram oh well we have train train a dog save a war and then we have linkedin and you know we're, we're they're all available they're on our website they're also there the, the one thing you know i i started uh, several months ago was when we started when we brought everybody into where there's no charge for a service dog you know i asked the question is it train a dog save a warrior or train a dog save a world and you know this 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 you know podcast is 
it'll bring you to the realization maybe it isn't just train a dog save a warrior maybe it is really train a dog and save a world you know Absolutely. and whatever we can do to make this world better place to you know let's talk about our similarities because we all have differences and there's never going to be taken care of but our similarities yes. is what we should be really building you know relationships on uh and, and moving forward with the world and helping everybody is uh, you know, thank you, God. That is really beautiful, and I wish there were more people like you in this world. <laughs> well, it'd be better. I don't know. I mean, if they all had initials of BS, it'd be a really tough type of world. Uh, you know, it's like a, it's like I tell my veterans. You know, I don't take much, a lot from people because I figure Bart Sherwood's enough BS for the for the entire program. So, uh, you know, don't don't con a con man. Don't try to you know do it, but. But uh, but I appreciate you having me. I appreciate the, the talk and thank you very much for the uh, and people can just reach out and contact me. I answer my phone 24 seven, 365. And when I tell people that I, I really mean it, it's uh, you know, it's 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 an honor yeah. and privilege to be able to help people. And I think that's really what we need to be looking at. And let's see, do I have a coin here? Where's my <laughs> I should have a coin in my pocket. Here we go. There we are. This is the Tatsaw coin. Let's see. I don't know if we can see it clearly. Ah, uh, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, it oh, says participant trained service dog. And then on the back of it, it's Tatsaw. Train a dog, save a word. And that's that's the colonel. That was my service dog. So that's amazing. That is beautiful. We have that. Indeed. We wanted so I wanted to memorize the PTSD definitely on a challenge coin because in the military, that's one of their big things is getting a challenge coin uh, you know, with their name on it. This is team number one. Well, and now we're at wonderful. team number fourteen sixteen today. So uh we're very proud of the work that the our veterans have 14, done, the 16. dogs and the and the trainers, because they're the ones that make That's me look like, you know, I'm the smart one here, and I'm just the I'm just the guy who answers <laughs> the phone. I'm the CW, oh, like you said, chief whatever officer. Whatever officer, <laughs> yeah, but that chief whatever officer is very very important. Well, Bart, thank you. Goodbye. Thank you very much, and uh, if you need anything else. Please feel free to reach out, and I apologize for being late. So, but better late than never. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.